making a movie physically and mentally destroys you. You know, it just, it just does. It becomes such a labor of love that sometimes we neglect to look at it as a business. People lock into this idea that there is a correct way to do things. There's not. There's a million ways to do it. Video has become the most effective way to get people to do something that it is you want them to do. It's time for filmmakers to get real with Jeffrey Michael Bays and Forrest Day Jr. So we almost had Echeb from Star Trek Voyager on the show today. but Almost? Uh, yeah, we almost almost had him on. We had him scheduled and uh, then he decided to go shopping. <laughs> well, he's so, got to eat too, right? Yes. Echeb's so, got to eat. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, we've never had that happen on the show before where a guest decides uh, they're going to go shopping instead of being on the show. But uh, but I, we don't know how many guests we've had that wish they were shopping while true. they were on the show. So <laughs> so uh, we don't know that for a fact. He may have just been like, I'm just going to cut to the chase and go shopping. <laughs> but, you know, he seems like a nice guy. So uh, we'll try yeah. to have him on the show at some point in the future. And uh and talk about the films he's producing. So yeah, Ichab, we we want to have you on. So <laughs> yeah, but on today's show, instead of Ichab, is Waco Lynn. And the weird thing about well, I don't want to say weird, but the uh, <laughs> the funny thing about this guy is that he looks at films uh, through from the perspective of food and eating. Does that make sense to you? Well, in his book, he he writes it like that. I don't know if he looks at films, you know, like like every film, but in the book, he he tells you like writing your screenplay at an appetizer. The main course is the main story, and you know the dessert is all the little tie ups at the end of the. So he kind of it's relatable to people. And he's I mean, also eating. And he's also going to talk about cultural differences between Chinese films and U.S. films. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. realize that they have a different narrative structure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, apparently there are different narrative structures out there uh, than just the basic Sid Field, <laughs> you know, Hollywood structure. Yeah. yeah. It's not all about America, people. <laughs> yeah. It's about other countries, too. Before we bring him on, we do want to mention that we still have this trivia question that nobody has answered correctly yet. We're giving away gaffer tape. Uh, we have a gaffer tape expert on the show in a few weeks. And uh, the trivia question is, if you look at our profile picture on the podcast, uh, there are two guys walking in a desert. Tell us which movie that is from. And uh, if you happen to be the first person to answer that correctly, you uh, win some gaffer tape. I got a guess, but I'm not going to, I'll tell you offline what I think it might be. Okay. I'm not going to tell you now. Well, I, I'll tell you this. It away. I'll tell you this. Yep. It does have Casey Affleck in it. Oh, okay. okay. He's one right, of the guys. The one He's thinking. one of the guys walking in the desert. So if you know the answer okay. to the trivia question, email us at info at Borgus.com. So people can Google that now. On the way next, Waco Lynn, the author of Crazy Screenwriting Secrets. That's one thing Alfred Hitchcock was really good at, creating suspense with a camera. 
For the last couple of years, I've been teaching Hitchcock suspense techniques at festivals like Buffalo, St. Louis, Palm Springs, Los Angeles. Filmmakers are learning easy tricks for building suspense that are so easy to implement. Now there's a way for you to get access in my new book, Suspense with a Camera. It's available in bookstores now. And don't miss our free docuseries on YouTube called Hitch 20. now is Waco Lin. He is a playwright and screenwriter, and he's also associate professor at Emerson College, uh, which is pretty close to you for us. Yeah, it's about uh, 70 miles. I've been, I've, I've had a tour through Emerson. It's really cool. He has taught at Northwestern University, UCLA, and Tapai National University of the Arts. He's the author of the new book, Crazy Screenwriting Secrets, how to Capture a Global Audience. Hi, Waco. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. For us. All right, let's talk about your book, Crazy Screenwriting Secrets, How to Capture a Global Audience. And uh, I like the way it's set up like a cookbook, by the way. So let's talk about the book. Yeah, absolutely. It's basically a, you know, you know, so many screenwriting books out there, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's, this is pretty much a more straightforward and I do go approach it from a culinary point of view, right? Culinary way of doing it because I feel that's the most universal access point, right? Because sometimes you think a screenplay, how to write a screenplay. Mm-hmm. The access point through like, I believe we consume stories by how we eat. And thus we tell stories by how we eat. Really for writers doing a small independent budget movie or a tentpole film for the world. And when I talk about global, you know, when you talk about global audience, I think we tend to think, oh, big Marvel-esque, large-scale uh, films, but it's also could be something like a Lost in Translation, something that's intimate, character-driven, but yet resonate with a global audience. And you talk a lot about the Chinese market in this book, and it gives yes. Americans, um, including myself, a different perspective. Could you talk about the differences in those two markets and what people should do to address that when they're writing their scripts? Two very different markets, yeah, absolutely. And in China, there's definitely a lot more restrictions on what type of material that can enter. So because there's no rating system in China, so there's no rated R, PG-13, PG is basically a five-year-old can walk in the theater and watch those films. So definitely a couple of things that could be, you know, no gratuitous, gratuitous you know, sexuality, you know, ultra-violence, no realistic violence, uh, right? Um, and uh, so those are kind of the main things that you might want to stay away from. But in terms of uh, a sci-fi, kind of grounded sci-fi genres are really good. Dramas, small-scale dramas are resonating really well with China. And it's one of those things where, you know, in kind of the trend now in the U.S., kind of the, the films that tend to do large uh, box office business tend to be those big-scale tentpole superhero movies, right, or Transformers franchises. But in terms of what's exciting about China is a small romantic comedy or a drama uh, that's socially conscious um, can resonate with an audience and do well at the box office. Now, uh, in your book, you mentioned how important structure is uh, to a film. 
And that's because uh, the American films have to be subtitled in China. I found it interesting that people are willing to sit and read subtitles in a movie, but it's because of the structure of the film. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, here's the thing, like, People will say the Hollywood structure, right? We all, you know, we all heard this, the three-act structure, the Hollywood way, the formula, quote-unquote. It's not really, you know, there's no mad scientist, I think, in Hollywood concocting up these secret formulas and whatnot. It's just more of the kind of the American movie structures, which has become a global movie structure because, you know, for the last hundred years or so, American movies have never stopped production, really, right? Where most other countries had, you know, war or, you know, kind of social unrest and whatnot, that their film industry is saying stop and go, stop and go. Whereas that's why the U.S. is able to build a very sophisticated industry of movies. So the world's used to watching kind of that narrative structure in films, Mm -hmm. right? So in terms of maybe in their own, but here's the thing about China too, a Chinese movie, they would have subtitles on there as well. So reading subtitles is not a, 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 such a vast thing for them. So even though they're understanding the language, Usually in a Chinese movie, there are Chinese subtitles on the screen as well. So in terms of reading subtitles, that's not a big deal. They'll, they'll watch foreign movies uh, in, in their native language and they'll read subtitles. Americans tend to not want to read subtitles. Now, I don't know if it's a cultural thing. Um, I've watched movies with subtitles. They don't bother me. But I know a lot of people do not like them. Do you think that's uh, um, true? Like, like we don't see a lot yeah. of Chinese movies coming to, we do see right. many, but we don't see a ton. And do you think it's yes? That? You, you know, I have, I have this radical theory, and I, I probably you know kind of break everyone's like, "What? No, that's not right." Mm-hmm. I'm into this. I don't feel Americans refuse to watch subtitled movies. Yeah, but what happens is most foreign films, right, that comes into the United States, or just if foreign films that are made, they don't follow the structure, mm-hmm. right? The way they narratively tell me that goes back to how, like. We consume stories by how we eat. So as Chinese movie, the structure, the narrative structure is vastly different. And then vastly differs from one Chinese filmmaker to another Chinese filmmaker, right? Versus here. So th- the reason is because most foreign films come in. I don't think the subtitle is an issue. It's more of like it's not a, a structural movie. It's a movie that's not structured in a way that we're used to. Mm-hmm. And it's not good enough of a movie, shall I say? So I do believe that if it's a great movie... And subtitled, Americans will watch it. What would your advice be to be um, to a screenwriter who maybe just starting out, but um, maybe heading toward writing that artsy movie without the uh, the structure? Would you advise that yeah. they do that and be creative, or that, and th- that's another thing? So people, I feel like, oh, if I'm going to follow a certain quote unquote narrative structure, you know, they would say, no, I want to do a, a purely original movie, mm-hmm. right? Which is definitely great. But here's the thing. Even indie artsy movie should have a certain narrative structure to it, but still be indie and artsy within the confines of the scenes, mm-hmm. if you will, right? So a lot of folks, you know, they look at Lost in Translation, right? Even though it's Bill Murray, you know, big actor and whatnot, that movie structured to the T, mm-hmm. Lost in Translation, even though it seems like an indie kind of, right, floating through, through the, the, the elements of it. Current examples I give in my book, and I try to use cooking and food because we can all kind of relate to food in somewhat, right? Let's say you walk in a store, you walk into a, a, you know, like a West, like a burger joint, yeah? You order a burger, a hamburger, right? You order a hamburger, what do you come to expect from a hamburger? 
Uh, yeah, the, the 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 meat, the bread, the ketchup. Yeah, lettuce. Two, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the basic, right? Yeah, that's the thing. But not all hamburgers are created equal, Mm-mm, are they? No. Right. You could have the right. You have the delicious boutique. Oh my gosh, such an original. You know, they put onions, fried onions. I don't know, whatever. You know, kimchi into the burgers. But yet, you're still expecting what? Two buns and a patty. <laughs> Right? That's just the basic thing you're expecting. So what I'm saying is the creativity is all there, isn't it? Right? Yeah. So you go from a McDonald's burger to the extravagant boutique, mom and pop. Oh, my God, that special sauce they put on there. Amazing. Just blows your mind, you know, what type of meat they use. You know, wow, Kobe beef. Amazing, right? Whatever they do. So, so what I'm saying, the originality comes from that. But you still have to kind of give the narrative structure, which the, the movie form is in or similar to it. There should learn a structure. And here's the thing. You have Tarantino, right, who breaks all rules yes. and, and whatnot. Yes. And he's a very commercial mainstream filmmaker. But boy, does he know structure. You know, he studies every structure from all around the world, right? So he kind of knows what the audience expects and is able to play with that. So that goes back to the kind of the cliche rule, right? You got to know the rules before you can break them. Now, in your book, Crazy Screenwriting Secrets, what are the secrets? Is it is it the, One of the secrets, it sounds like, is... Know the rules. Well, you know what the secret is, and it's so obvious. The secret is you. The secret is the reader. That's a secret, mm-hmm. right? We talked about like, oh, learn the structure and watch other movies, read other screenplays for the existing films. You can kind of learn the structure. Yes, that's necessary. However, the perspective, right? Yes. has to come from you, and that's a secret. And so the book guides you to tell the story that you're born to tell or that you want to tell, you're meant to tell, right? You need to tell. So that's what's different. And the secret is very specific. So, so the crazy, right? Obviously, people think, oh, it's like, like crazy rich Asians, yeah, crazy. Yeah. You know, no. No, I'm crazy because I'm an Asian guy. I wrote this book. <laughs> no relations. It, but you know what? Coincidentally, it fits together. Why not? Let's have the Asian, the crazy Asian, you know, uh, yeah. brand going. No, but the crazy is really this. Obviously, it's a hook for the book, right? Yeah. Walk off, that's something that could grab your attention a bit. But the crazy is this. The protagonists and the heroes in our movies, they're crazy. They are. Right? Yeah, yeah. The writer, so as a writer, as a storyteller, you need to, not saying you need to be crazy. We're all crazy. We're all born crazy, really, right? You know, you look at a toddler, you know, first a baby comes out, right? Oh, yeah. And a toddler starts walking, crawling. They're, don't we ever say, like, you're crazy? Oh, yeah. What they do, like, they stick their, you know, tongues into an electric socket. <laughs> they jump off counters. They'll do anything that's so... <laughs> dangerous, right? <laughs> you got to get a and better then, babysitter. Exactly, exactly. A babysitter, right? And for us as adults, we're going, you're crazy. We kind of, what would you do? We kind of sedate our craziness as we get older, don't we? Mm-hmm. Right? Because we start following rules like, you know, yep. bedtime. I'm not tired. Why should I go to bed? Because you got to wake up and go to school the next morning, go to work the next morning, right? So we're kind of following this kind of routine. Uh, we want to be with the one, the one, right? Romantically. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go for the one. But, our egos is at stake, right? You know, it's not practical a lot of times to be with the one, yep. right? Like in the romantic comedies that we see. However, we need to tap into it as a writer, as a storyteller, because you're crazy. It's what's going to set your voice unique. It's going to set you apart from everyone else. Now, where can people get a hold of you? Say uh, they, do you, uh, you know, if someone wanted to get a hold of you and ask you some questions and yeah, do you do that and how? It, yeah, easiest way, just wacolin.com. That's W-E-I-K-O, like D- Waco, but spelled, Seiko, but spelled with a W, W-E-I-K-O, Lin, L-I-N.com. And, I, and just talking to you before we did the interview, uh, you're in L.A. right now. 
but and I'm yeah. in Massachusetts, but you you had mentioned to me that you teach at Emerson in Boston. Yes. So yes, I do. So that's kind of cool. What do you teach there? Just is screenwriting. Screenwriting. Yeah. So I did a feature screenwriting where the uh, students complete the first um, full length screenplay. And we also have an MFA screenwriting program. It's kind of called low residency, where basically you meet in person for a week each semester, but then you're online uh, for the, the semester. It's also through Emerson College. So yeah, so I, I'm in Boston. So I'll probably, I'll probably be visiting, doing a couple of uh, book signings in uh, Boston as well in August and September. Oh, cool. I'll have to come out. That's awesome. The book is called Crazy Screenwriting Secrets, How to Capture a Global Audience by Waco Lynn. The website, again, is WEI. K-O-L-I-N.com. That's Waco's name, WacoLynn.com. Thank you for joining me today, Waco. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, that's our show for today. We thank Waco Lynn for joining us. And on the way soon is our Gaffer Tape special. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and be prepared for... Uh, the brilliance of all things gaffer tape. It is a brilliant product. <laughs> it truly is. I love it. Be sure to tweet the show at Borges Film or email info at Borges.com. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a star rating. Get Real Indie Filmmakers is created by Forrest A. Jr., also the host of Rolling Tape on YouTube, and he's an audiobook narrator on audible.com, right? Yes, correct. Wow. And Jeffrey Michael Bays, you, that's you, yeah, yeah. is the author of Between the Scenes, What Every Film Director, Writer, and Editor Should Know About Scene Transitions, and his latest book, Suspense with a Camera, A Filmmaker's Guide to Hitchcock's Techniques. By Blondie. Get Real Indie Filmmakers <laughs> is a production of Borges Networks, 2019.